Really? Explain that situation. How'd it go? <laughs> Explain that situation. How I'm did interested it go? to hear like how it, like what happened. Like were you this lady was walking in a sundress in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy degree weather, right? Yeah. yeah. All the signs of a free groping going on. What, what a was your free groping? <laughs> what was your scenario? I mean, like one, it's traumatizing, and I don't know that I want to get into it. But oh, okay. oh, I don't like. Thing. Yeah, like it's a serious thing. I I don't think there's such thing as a free groping. Like, I you already know where I stand on this. Men need to be accountable and control their actions. I know that's why if I someone it doesn't like give you the green light to put your hands on them then you shouldn't. You should keep your damn hands to yourself. <laughs> That's very much where I stand on. on I'm so show. sorry that you were broke. <laughs> that Thank you, Desmond. Thank you. Was it like um, years ago or was it most recent? It was like a decade ago, but it's still very traumatic. Of course, I mean, of course. For a stranger to put their hands on you, like, it's it's not okay. What state, it really isn't. Was it like in Indiana or was it in Washington? I was in D.C. Do you think that depending on location, like, it's more acceptable? I don't think it's ever acceptable. Well, okay, of course. You could be in Antarctica, and I'd be like, okay, that shit's okay. unacceptable. Let me, let, me, <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase the question. Do you think that culture or society in a different locale will deem it less harmful than other areas? I think any black neighborhood you walk in is going to be deemed less harmful than other areas. Like, we just kind of have a culture of women being sexual objects and it's cool to treat them as possessions or objects of your desire. I mean, I think about the number of times where I've changed clothes because I was afraid of being harassed on the street. Let's dig into this more. I was in... (laughs) Like, let's dive in. Let's dive in. Can we dive in a little bit? A little bit. A little bit. Like, give me three minutes, okay? I was in Chicago, as you know, um, Mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I was walking. And it was hot outside. Mm -hmm. And I saw, like, two girls. And they had on very skimpy clothes. Of course, it was summertime, shy. So it was hot, right? It was not hot yesterday, according to social media in Chicago. Oh, well, it was not. It was... It was it was toasty. It it wasn't like ninety degree weather, but oh okay okay. Know. People were talking about. I had to pull my electric blanket out last night. Well, no shade. I'm not racist, but you know, white people when it's like seventy eight that they wear the least amount of clothes possible, so it, it doesn't take much. So they were Caucasian, which <laughs> great segue, and they didn't mm-hmm. have on a whole lot of clothes. And so I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if they consciously, when they put on those clothes, were like. Mm-hmm what their internal conversation was, right? I'm, am I looking, am I hoping that a guy doesn't give me negative attention, you know, or tries to make an advance on me or, or like tries to hit on me or were they seeking that kind of attention? I'm just curious to know, and you said you, you had changed clothes, right? Mm-hmm. One day. Like, what was your inner, inner conversation with yourself? Like, Why? Well, going back to the other two ladies, it could just be that, like, they had a cute outfit and they wanted to wear it. And they weren't thinking about, you know, male gaze, um, G-A-Z-E. Yeah. Like, the male stare. Like, okay. um, when they got dressed. I think, like, I think that there are certain privileges of womanhood that allow you to wear what you want to wear. Like, I don't, I don't think 
and wear what I want to wear because of the communities I live in. So, I what think would you want to wear? Whatever the hell, <laughs> whatever the hell is in my closet, and I think it's cute. So the day that I um, changed clothes, like I was gonna meet some girlfriends for dinner, and was like, "Oh, this is a cute outfit," and it was like some skinny jeans and a cute top. It wasn't like a crop top or anything. It was just like a nice blouse um, and some shoes. And I knew I was gonna have to take public transportation. <laughs> of course, shoes. Can't I mean, forget the shoes and some shoes. Because um, I mean, like you know, men the don't really. One it's like men don't really think they can rape you based on the shoes you wear, or maybe they do. I don't know. Right, right, well, brightly uh, colored shoes. It's like, oh, uh, I've never raped anybody, so let me stop. I'm <laughs> like, mm, you're telling on yourself, doesn't it? Um, and so I thought to myself, like girl, you're getting on public transportation and you're going to have to walk past a group of black men. Do you really want the comments and the inappropriate conversation that's going to come from you walking past them in this pair of skinny jeans? And the answer was no. Like, I just didn't want to fucking be bothered. Um, So I went in and I changed my clothes and I put on something super loose-fitting because I didn't want... Mm. I didn't want that type of attention. Um, I didn't want to engage in the conversation. I didn't want the, yo, you should smile more. Hey, hey, girl. And then, like, when it goes south, it's like, oh, you a bitch anyway. You ugly anyway. It's like, no, your feelings are just hurt. Um, so I just, like, I didn't, I didn't want to take time and energy to have to deal with that. So I changed my clothes. Hmm. Is that, like, a constant inner like thing you have to deal with like what to wear today do I want to deal with this today you know depends on where I'm going like if I know I'm gonna be do you work around a lot of men or is it predominantly women oh in education you typically work around a lot of women yeah yeah but on the weekend like (laughs) when I'm on public transit you know I have to think about those things I don't I don't want to be harassed Mm. i mean i think about this one time i was coming back from from church and so i was cute like having a cute dress my hair was like i love it that you you know you were cute i was cute like you know and can can you be cute and love jesus you can i mean jesus made made me cute so yeah oh that was sweet he he did so from church and I'm legitimately on the phone I'm on the train I'm on the phone and this man's trying to get my attention and I'm telling him like sir like I'm on a phone call and he's like you ain't gotta pretend to be on the phone like you just you just playing because you don't want to talk to me like he just took it very personally and I'm like my my anxiety is heightening now because I'm like what is he gonna do and I find that that's my question all the time when I have to engage with men. It's like, they're unpredictable. What are you about to do? Because you're getting angry. Your voice is elevating. And he started to cuss me out on the train because he felt like I wasn't giving him attention. I didn't owe him. Like, I didn't know him. I didn't know him anything. Um, and then he gets off the train and he goes, that's why your ass is ugly anyway. And I'm like... What, what did I lo- say about you? What a loser. 
what a loser i'm like what does that say about you you were trying to flirt with an ugly woman anyway like, and you were and you were cute that day i was cute to, that I, I according was cute that day. according to jesus you were according to jesus but what got me is there was a guy sitting behind me and he was like man that dude man it's too bad he was like that here's my number though like we should talk and i was like really this is can i tell you what I? <laughs> that reminds me of like something i've always wanted to do what? i can't i can't do it now because i'm married but like in my single days i wanted to be in a scenario where a woman was being harassed like mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. or like some dude was like super aggressive and mm-hmm. i would like say hey you should leave her alone and i like begin to pummel him to the ground and beat him up and yeah. then like then the girl's like thank you so much i'm like it's no problem he's such a jerk you deserve better than that and then like organically like she gives me her number or something. <laughs> That's been like some fantasy. I don't know if it's because I'm like, I have this save a woman mentality. Mm-hmm. But that's like always been my, like a like Popeye situation. And the more I say it, it sounds super misogynistic. But I was like, that sounds really misogynistic. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay with that. I just, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I mean, as long as you recognize that there's yeah, something really problematic with that whole yeah, It sounded very misogynistic, but hey, mm-hmm. it's like something I wanted to do. All right, so Old Town yeah. Road. I want to take my horse down Old Town Road. Don't do it. No, and I'm I want to ride it. My son <laughs> knows that entire song. And so do classrooms full of other elementary school students. Um, Lil Nas X. I love Lil Nas X. He's currently my Facebook profile photo. <laughs> and... <laughs> He is. It's it's a photo of him on a horse, and the horse is kind of rearing up. And I don't know if this is like green screen digital technology. What's it called? CG technology. CGI. CGI. Thank you. I don't know if it's CGI or if he got on a horse for the first time and was like, "Here we go." But um, I just I love what this photo represents because to me it's like I'm shitting on my haters right now, and I love it. Um. And he has he has quite a few haters for his song to be like at the top of the Billboard music charts right now. And there are two camps of haters. There are the black folks who are like, this dude is putting on a menstrual show. Like, this is not what black people do. He's out here shucking and jiving for white people. And then there's the camp of white folks who are like, black people have no place in country music and black folks can't be cowboys. And so both of those camps are super erroneous um, in their logic, and I just I find it entertaining that folks are arguing over Lil Nas X. Uh, his story is pretty. He was like broke, 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 broke. No, no jinx, no jinx, broke, broke. Um, I was at a comedy set. I was doing some stand-up comedy, and mm-hmm. the comic before me was a white guy. Mm-hmm. And he got up and he said. I don't know why people are so mad at Lil Nas. Right. And he was a white guy. He was like, like my white friends are mad at him for taking our culture. We do it to black culture. Well, wait, what he said was, we do it to black people. He said, we do it to black people all the time. All day, all night, including country music. (laughs) That was funny. I laughed. I laughed extremely hard. I chuckled. (laughs) But to your point, it's not their culture, right? It's not their culture. The it's origins, black culture. Yeah, the origins of cowboy and country really come from um, the African American community. Yes, absolutely. Like, but it was made cowboys popular. Cowboys are black. It was made popular by the white culture, though. Europeans. Yeah, but that's everything. That was our first podcast. 
like pop music is now considered a white thing. I'm pretty sure rap and R&B will eventually be considered a white thing. Like, is this constant co-opting of culture? And for white people to be like, no, we, we own all the rights to country, that's foolish. Like, the banjo, the fiddle, that was instrumentation from plantations. And when white folks got together to have a shindig in the South, guess who was playing the music? Yeah, the black people. Now, so with that, <laughs> with that being said, I do agree. And listen, I'm never mad at any black, young black person getting money. Man, get your money. Get right? it. Get live, all Live the your money. best life. But I do see him as a minstrel. I do see him as uh, uh, what people in the industry would call a plant. That, you know, he was, he's chucking and jiving for the entertainment of white people. And so. And because, rappers aren't, other rappers right, aren't chucking and jiving for they, the They are. It's a lot of them. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of them that do it. So somebody who likes substance in art, who looks at music as as art, um, mm-hmm. when we have artists or performers like this, entertainers like this, who do not have any substance, they are purely entertainment, and it's mm-hmm. entertainment for the other race that benefits off of it, right? So that's what bothers me. But again, he's not the only one. There are thousands of, of, of plants of other people out there um, but young man, get your money, right? Because if it but was me, I would, I would do I the would same thing. I would argue that that is most of the entertainment industry, though, right? Like, I don't I don't think that Lil Nas X is the epitome of that. I think in, any of the rappers talking about shooting and killing other Black people, beating women, um, doing mischievous things, like, the, the mainstream hip-hop industry right now is doing the exact same. There is no substance in their music at all. Like, it's no. all the same. And it's a false narrative. It's a narrative that, like, the entertainment industry wants to be true about Black people, so they keep perpetuating it. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's any different than anyone else. I right love now. it. Let's dig into it. Can we dig into it? Get a shovel. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, that, was, that was lame. You I wish what? I really wish you wouldn't have said that. Get a shovel. <laughs> Get a shovel. Get a shovel. Uh, Let's go. So I think you're right, right? Um, the music, mainstream media, mainstream music. So if you look at all of the Lil's out there, Lil Nas X, Lil Baby, The Baby. I don't even um, know who Lil Baby is. Like there's so many. Baby. It may not even be a real person. It just sounds like a name. <laughs> like it sounds like it's right. But all of these artists are perpetuating this message and this false narrative and this music that idolizes women as as objects, hoes, mm-hmm. um, drugs, which this may not be the lifestyle that these the people who are giving these lyrics out might be accustomed to, but it's what's most popular. So I DJed um, a 19, a girl's party. She turned 18 or 19. Sure. All of these young generation Xers or Zers, whatever alphabet letter they are. and There's generation Z. They wanted to hear all of this music that I wasn't familiar with, but I had to kind of look it up so I could play the adequate artists. And the it was crazy the things that they were saying. <laughs> like, Give us an example. There are these girls called City Girls. Have oh, you I've been them? seeing them trending oh, lately on all the blogs. Oh, my God. Like, everything is, like, 
the vagina popping and like it's wet and like the dude's gonna give it to him and then like on the other side artists like the baby are talking about lean and popping eggs and like drugs in the trunk man and it's crazy how the yes. substance like I'm not <clears throat> we're not old no sense but we remember the days of baby fat and fat farm and if we remember the days of Nas and like common, like old Kanye, like the the, the music. <laughs> old Kanye. The music had Ooh. like a different type of of structure and substance to it. Yeah, and, and I think that we're Ish. really lacking that today. And it's you can tell mm-hmm. it's affecting and impacting our culture. I mean, my mom used to tell me. So first of all, I grew up in a household where. I was not allowed to listen to secular music. I had to sneak and listen to it. I take that back. I could listen to secular music, but it was mostly like really old school music and Calypso. So like Motown, Soul, um, Calypso, classical, jazz. Like those are things I could listen to growing up. That's, and of course, like gospel. You're a you're a gypsy. <laughs> I further think that you're a gypsy now, which is so cool. <laughs> Why? Because I who listens to Calypso? Calypso? Like who listens as a child? I listen to Calypso music. Like my favorite song as a like preschooler was Banana Boat. Like me and Harry Belafonte. Like that was my dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, I met him actually. He's a very cool guy. Well, he's so awesome. He's still my crush, even though he's like five hundred years old. He looks so good. He does. Like, he's not. He does. Like, I'm like, okay, Zaddy. Um, wow. Um, I did. I zaddied Harry Belafonte. Zaddy, you zaddied Harry Belafonte. I <laughs> can we get that as a soundbite? Can we get that as a soundbite? <laughs> and y'all can tell him too. I don't care. Um, what were we talking about? He, See, he, I got so excited. He's gonna about be. Harry he's Belafonte. gonna be like, well, what's a zaddy? <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be all in Urban Dictionary. But no. Um. So I wasn't allowed to listen to certain things growing up because my mom had this mantra of garbage in, garbage out, and she didn't want me to be a garbage human being. And so part of her like rationale is what you listen to and what feeds your soul is who you become. And so some people can be really objective and they're like, I listen to trap music and I'm not a trap queen or I'm not a trap king. Um, but I think when you're in a very developmental and impressionable point in your life and all you hear about is gang banging and, and hoes and lean, like you start to think that that's what life is and that's what you should aspire to. And that's what we're seeing is like young kids being like, oh, I need to, I need to be drunk. I need to be high. I can't feel unless I'm drunk or high. And it's like, you only feel that way because you heard people espouse that. Like, yeah. that's not true. Or all women are hoes and I've got to get it while the getting is good. There's been nothing in your life to inform that perspective other than this music that you listen to. Mm, that's good. Can we dig into it a little bit? Oh. <laughs> I want to get a shirt that says, can we dig into it? <laughs> yeah, that should be like the, the swag for that's, this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Can we dig into it? And then, Get your cool kids t-shirt. And then yours will be <laughs> Hey Zaddy with the picture of Harry Belafonte. <laughs> yes! I'm gonna get, I'm making a meme of that just for you and I'm gonna post it to the Facebook page. Hey Zaddy. Hey, hey Zaddy. Zaddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so oh. this is why Jay-Z is my favorite rapper because Here we go. Jay-Z has shown an ability to 
progress and mature over the years. And so mm. I look at when I first started listening to Jay-Z, when I first really was into rap, like got introduced to it and I became a fan, is mm-hmm. when the Blueprint came out. And the Blueprint had songs like Ether on it and um, the Blueprint 2 had Bonnie and Clyde. And Jay-Z was very, he was still riding the wave of Big Pimpin', you know, Rockefeller, you know, this kind of gangster persona. And as you look at the years, Magna Carta Holy Grail was more of a piece, an album about wealth and investing and art and and almost a sense of what 444 was, but just it was a little earlier dated. And then 444, of course, talked about marriage and family and legacy and black wealth. And just to see his progress, I, to me, that's what true rap is. I think it should be a representation of where the artist currently is. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And those mm-hmm. are the kind of artists that I can respect and that I, I listen to avidly because it's a good representation of where they are and where the culture is. And especially if you've grown up with it, it represents where you are, right? I think because I'm not that impressionable for 15, 16, 17-year-old kid I was back then. I'm a grown man now with a family. And so I relate to a whole lot better that could uh, reason about reasonable doubt. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It does. How do you juxtapose that against Ape Shit? That song is the hypest song. <laughs> Me and my wife were at a wedding uh, reception. But how is Ape Shit also different from Old Town Road? There's no real substance to that song. But the cool thing it's about... It's basically your Migos song uh, that you get hype off of. Well, you, are you saying that because Migos is on? No, it's so I didn't realize the Migos were on Ape Shit until recently. But when I heard it the first time, I'm like, oh, this sounds like a Migos song because it's basically Dr. Seuss. But even listen to the lyrics of it. Listen to what that's what I'm talking about. What What are they talking about? Listen to what Jay Z and Beyonce are saying. I did. Okay, I'm going to pull up the lyrics. Here we go. You you caused this. Let me see. (laughs) It's all my fault that we're digging deep. That's your idea. Let's let's dig deeper. Okay. Uh, stack my money fast and go. Mm-hmm. Fast like a Lambo. Skirt, skirt, skirt. I'm jumping <laughs> off that stage, ho. Jumping, jumping. Hey, hey, crowd better save her. Hey, hey. I can't believe we made it. This is what we made. This is what we're thankful for. I can't believe we made it. Have you ever seen the crowd going ape shit? Rah. So, Let's, so much substance there. No, so I, I can't <laughs> believe we made it. So her and Jay-Z, my interpretation, because art is subjective, right? My interpretation of this is saying, for that first prose, that first, uh, those first bars, I can't believe we made it. On the edge mm-hmm. of divorce, not just that, our relationship has gotten to a point that we're able to make a, a quality album together when we both had, like, we were in a very dark place in our relationship. And I can't believe we made it financially. Like, we are on the cusp of really doing something generationally for our family. Jay-Z is a billionaire. I think those subtle tones are in the song. As we I move know forward, you preach every Sunday. As we move forward. Um, Cause give, you, give me cause my you check. Like, Let me do the exegesis on my, this lyric. Because I don't listen, I don't consume a lot. Like you just said, I don't. Cons- I believe you are what you consume. I don't you really what you eat. consume a whole lot unless I know, like, the context behind it. Like, I have to... That's why I'm a fan of Jay-Z. Like, I appreciate the content that he's putting out right now. 
So let's let's go. One, one, one more verse. Give me my Do check. It. Put some respect. Put some respect on my, on my check. Or pay, pay me, me an equity. Pay me an equity. Watch me reverse out of debt. Like that's powerful. The uh, symbolizing that. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Tell them what comes after that. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm gonna focus on that part. <laughs> you can't fast forward to the the part. Fast you want forward me to, to no, the no, 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 no. <laughs> pay me an equity. So we yep. know that for net, oh, was it? Um, what was the performance? Was it not Netflix? Coachella. Uh, was it Coachella? It was that, Coachella. It oh, was, was the it, whole Ariana oh, no, no, Grande no, no. thing. It was Uber. It was Uber. Uber had a had an event, and they were going to pay her X millions amount of dollars. And she said, "Okay, rather pay me an equity." So they pay her an equity, and now her stock in Uber is worth like a hundred times more than whatever she was going to get paid cash. So pay me an equity. She's giving a lesson to us as black people. Understand the value of equity and watch me reverse out of debt. Do you think people actually looked up what equity was? I would hope so. Like when listening to it, I knew what it was. Um, yeah. I was hoping that, and, and what it did for me, it, and I don't live my life based on what Jay-Z and Beyonce do, but I remember. Are you sure about that? I'm very sure. Shut up. <laughs> a couple, <laughs> a couple years ago, I bought some stock in Snapchat. And so when I heard mm-hmm. her say this, I was like, oh, I feel pretty good. Like, okay, I'm on the right, I'm not crazy in my thinking, right? There was a, mm-hmm. a, a company that wanted to hire me to do some marketing. And they were like, we can't pay you X amount cash, but is it okay if we pay you, like, some equity? And stock option? I'm like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. sure, right? So that kind of put me in the right mindset. Like, okay, I'm not, I'm not crazy on this. So hearing this message over, give me some Zanny, right? pop little honey in the corner, right? That This content is what I think our culture needs. And they put it in a song that's catchy, that has the Migos behind the beat that people will listen to and they will consume it. But little do they know they're actually consuming something that's healthy for them. I'm done with my exegesis. Point Desmond. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna let you sir. win that one. Oh, point not even. I'm not even gonna... Not even gonna challenge. Um, challenge, because I don't. I don't. Another. Shirt. I don't know the point in like continuing down this pathway. I I clearly like don't agree. Okay. I think what comes after that completely. It it it's a complete contradiction to what was just said. It's like can you have can you have something with a little bit of substance and trash simultaneously? Um. Because I'm pretty uh-huh. sure she talks about being a bad bitch after that. She does. And sometimes okay. you just have to pick out the bones. <laughs> <laughs> so again, how I know you a pastor. Because it's like, that part of the text. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about music. <laughs> I've been listening for the past. I don't know why, but I've been liking this old Kanye kind of vibe. And I've been listening to like um, College Dropout, Late Registration, and the difference in his music to now, like, I really appreciated those first two albums. Were you a fan of old Kanye? Mm. Um, yeah, I was. But he didn't write his stuff. Rhymefest wrote all that music. Yeah, I know. He, he's not a, um, he's not my top ten. But still, the delivery and just well, the message of what he was saying. Yeah, I yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. I, I, I enjoyed it. What do you think happened to Kanye? Like, what? I think that he I, I was think Kanye started writing his own music. When do you think he started <laughs> writing it? 
uh, when it became less conscious. Because um, I, I think that, like, after 808... So he and Rhymefest had a fallout shortly before... No, no, no. It was right after his mom died. I was actually at a talk where Rhymefest was delving into, really? like, the timeline of their friendship. Yeah, this was, like, in 2015. Oh, that's long. I was at an event on the west side of Chicago. Ooh, and Ron Fest was, was there on the west side. That is not fancy. <laughs> it's the not west side is the antithesis of fancy for those of y'all who are not from the Chicago well, area. Well, Ron Fest like, was there, so, you know. Well, yeah, it was a charity event. See, you know me. If I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna go to a community organization's event, it's gonna be in the hood. Just be fancy. and rhyme be fest fancy. is gonna be there. Take this fancy. Um, so and you had to I'm change. It. And you had to change clothes because you were on the west side of Chicago. You know, I had on my church skirt and a nice blouse <laughs> and your bonnet oh. and my bonnet. <laughs> um. But yeah, he essentially just talked about the timeline of their friendship. And I mean, he told us what we knew. He was writing Kanye's conscious music, the stuff that we enjoy. And we're like, oh, I miss old Kanye. That's Rhymefest. Old Kanye equals Rhymefest. I think old Kanye equals Rhymefest, but also represents a place where his mind was. Because you have, as an yeah. artist, you have to want to deliver, right? Whatever the, the, the writer. Um, gives to you, you got to be able, you got to be in the place to be able to, to deliver that and to, to deliver it well. You know what I'm saying? That was going to be my next question. Like, do you actually have to be in that place um, if your motivation is like, this is, this is the message that could make me money right now? Um, and if you aren't in that place, how does that impact your delivery as an artist? I think the greatest way I can answer that is taking a line that Kanye said in what was the song? Uh, she messed with a dope dealer, but no, uh, whatever that song is. When you get on, oh, you're talking about um, go digger, <laughs> go digger. Yep. When you get on, he leave your ass for a white girl. Okay, so that, he did that. That was, that was that. clearly Kanye. I, I think that, like, <laughs> I think that once his mind wasn't there anymore the way that he was thinking because you know just listening back to what he was saying he was just so, he had such a heart and even his actions back then he had a big heart for like Chicago and like the urban community you know we remember when Kanye said um President Bush doesn't care about black people right so, and now so, he wears a MAGA hat so right, right. so it's a you no know, the despair it's a difference right so I, I do think that your mind has to be in that place because I think it would have been inauthentic if this Kanye, his mind now was delivering those same, like it wouldn't, nah, nah, G. It just, mm -mm. it's like me trying to come across like as a gangster rapper. It just don't fit, B. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, but it could if you're a good enough actor. Ooh. Let's dig in. No, I don't want to dig in. <laughs> like, we're not digging into that. Uh, I don't have anything to say on that. Like, I, <laughs> like, we're not. What are some examples of some good? Rappers who are actors. I mean, I already told you. I think the the regular persona is is not authentic. It's inauthentic to me. I think the ones in the nineties. I think like some the majority of the ones, not not the majority, but a good number of the rappers from the nineties. So okay, so I think all the West Coast rappers for sure, like the ones I 
don't judge me. The ones I idolized as a child. So like Warren G. <laughs> So Ice what Cube, is Ice T? I think that those were like actual gangsters. Snoop Dogg, actual gangster. What's the difference between West Coast and East Coast? Like, how come an East Coast rapper couldn't be selling drugs? Like, I could clearly see some other. Do you really see Diddy selling drugs? Not, I can see Diddy doing drugs, but not selling drugs. But I could, <laughs> I could day. definitely see a Biggie Small selling drugs. I could definitely see. Okay, a, I could see, I could see Biggie a, selling. Drugs. I could see a Mob Deep selling drugs. I could definitely see like half of the yes. Wu Tang Clan selling drugs. I could definitely see. I like, could see Busta Rhymes selling drugs. Nah, I could. Buster from maybe Buster today, like Buster back then. Nah. Buster <laughs> was doing drugs. Him. Buster was doing like something. Buster was doing something. <laughs> Put your hands on my eyes. Remember the video <laughs> with him and Janet Jackson? Uh, yes, I do. That was a trippy it's video. It's a little excited. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. He was doing drugs. <laughs> so I think that some like Jay Z, like I legit. And even, you really think he was a drug dealer? Yes, and like even those rappers from the eighties. Because remember, Jay Z really came out in like eighty eight. 87 is when he really came He had out. a different name. He did. He did. I forgot I what that name was. I can't remember what it was. It was, ter- it was terrible, though. And his, his rapping style was different. But, like, he came up in the era of Big Daddy Kane. Yeah, he I did. believe Big Daddy Kane sold drugs. Like, I Lisa. wholeheartedly believe that. I mean, with a name like Big Daddy Kane. And he's also, like, my second favorite rapper. I love Big Daddy really? Kane. Really? He can rap. He's like, he can really rap. He's like, you are, like, a legit rap music. Yeah. Big Daddy Kane is a really good rapper. Like he listened to us. I don't want to get off into that, but yeah, he sold drugs. Yeah. I'm sure. Big Daddy Kane. Well, speaking of selling drugs, I know that um, Kim Kardashian West is on your mind right now. I believe the game sold drugs too. Like the, I'm still on this. Like art artists who sold drugs. So I can. Oh no, the game definitely sold. Drugs. Definitely sold drugs. I believe Fifty Cent sold drugs. He just really? carries himself like a drug dealer. Like drug hmm. dealer. Like I know enough. I'm on drug the fence dealers. about Fifty Cent. I know you enough. know enough drug dealers. Of a move, kind of like. No, I don't think I know. I might know drug dealers and don't know. I'm like, I don't think I know any drug dealers. I mean, like I know some weed men. And by no, I mean like I know that they're doing something out the house on the corner. I don't know them personally. <laughs> you bought some product. You bought some product. Nah, I can't say I've ever smoked dope. Okay, that's that's a good. I thing. mean, no judgment. It's completely legal in D.C. and it's now illegal in Chicago, right? It is. It's just like I don't like the smell of marijuana. I'm terrified of smoking anything. I'm just like scared that my lungs will be like what the hell and seize up on me and that's the end of that um but i no judgment i would say now listen there are a lot of professionals that do drugs when you envision people who do drugs either smoke pot or do harsher drugs you envision like somebody in the basement can't get their life together a lot of professionals do drugs so yeah. they can continue being professionals. When I first got into sales, I um <laughs> when I, I, I do you want to say this on the podcast? Like, like when I I didn't I didn't do it, but when I first got into sales, I had a few people and I was doing heavy sales jobs, like super numbers, super metrics, and you had to make a certain amount of sales. Like yeah. a few people would come to me and say, Hey, you know, like 
best way to be good at your job. You know, a lot of people in sales like do do crack or no, 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 it's, it's cocaine. They do cocaine because you need the energy. Mm, same thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it the same thing? They are. It's just two different forms and then how you... Um, how you consume it thank Mm -hmm. you thank you for that clarity you're so smart no problem one can get you a whole bunch of time in jail and the other one can get you a slap on the wrist so a lot of black people sell and one white people sell so a lot of people do as to your point do Mm -hmm. like hard drugs like in the back in the boiler room and come out for the 12 o'clock meeting like i'm ready to go (laughs) they do I think becoming an educator really opened my eyes to how people cope with life. Because being in education is a really hard job. And oftentimes I'd be like, why am I so stressed? And everyone around me is Yes. Like, <laughs> not. And you get into circles and get into conversations and you're like, oh, all y'all do drugs. You want to know that? You want to know a, trans- <laughs> a transparent moment? I'm starting a new segment, Desmond's Transparent Moment. Oh, please. <laughs> go for it. I used to um, when I was in sales, I did mm-hmm. not do drugs or cocaine, but I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did drink like alcohol, like hard liquor. So my liquor yeah. choice was like brown. I'm a brown oh, guy. Oh snap! So I would have Jack, and I would have it in my desk drawer. Mm-hmm. And as I would go to work, because the pressure, you know, of trying to get these sales or whatever and promotions, it would be my morning coffee. I went through a stint. I was like, I don't want to say I was an alcoholic. But I was drinking. You, you uh, might have been cuspy. Oh, I, I, I was I was cuspy, definitely cuspy, if that's even a word. But it would be in my morning <laughs> coffee, and then throughout mm-hmm. the day, I would just you know take a little swig. But it was, I don't want to say it was normal, nor do I want to say it was acceptable. But it was understood. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like in education, as you said, I've worked in in, in schools as well, and you'll be mm-hmm. surprised to find out how many teachers, administrators, have some kind of dependency item in their drawer whether that usually alcohol or drugs and and it's ridiculous i mean i was not a real drinker until i became a teacher and it's because you absorb the trauma well if you work in an urban education environment you typically absorb the trauma um you have secondary ptsd right so whatever your kids go through and they bring into the classroom you absorb that and if you don't focus on your mental health as an educator you'll be you'll become dependent on substances and so for a lot of people that's marijuana for me it was wine i just like consumed so much wine when i was an educator it was ridiculous and i noticed like a year ago i was starting to drink not heavily but like regularly yeah you know whereas before it's like oh it's someone's birthday i'm gonna have a drink right now it's like i'm home from work i'm getting ready to have a drink yeah yeah. and you don't want to form a daily dependence on on a substance i think one one thing i'm not learning about myself is that i'm what's the proper way to put it i don't know if there's a word for this but i lean on i need something to depend on if that makes sense Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure there's a medical or a clinical term to that, or I don't know what that addiction. is. Addiction. I don't want to say addiction. Cause I'm, <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. If you need something, you add it. So, like, if it wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't alcohol, mm-hmm. I guess that's all. You have an addictive personality. There we go. That's what I wanted to say. So, if I do yeah. something, it can become addictive. And not even, like, drugs or alcohol, but, like, yeah. 
I like I've been drinking Pepsi lately, and I don't know why. I just had. To I've seen it. all your social media and posts so, about like and it can, your obsession with Pepsi. It can become addictive, but yet on the flip side, when I was going to the gym, I was like addicted <laughs> to it, and it was, it was like. A Ooh, thing. I wish I could get addicted to the gym. So it's That'd just be nice. the the personality trait, but I think that's dangerous because, as I experienced with with like you, I wasn't just a you know. Of course, I'm a. For people that don't know me personally, I I drink. <laughs> so I love craft yeah. beer. I'm a pastor or a preacher or a Christian, rather, who doesn't see anything wrong with drinking. But I, no, I can remember it. where it wasn't like casual. I'm out with friends and I'm going to have a Jack and Coke. I'm at home yeah. and I have a whole bottle of vodka that I'm going to consume by myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ooh. Or I've got a flask or I've got some liquor in my glove compartment or in the trunk. Like I used Not to have in the stash. glove compartment. I used to have stashes, fam. Like I, have, I was going through. I don't know if it was stress or I was. Were you out here driving dirty? And by dirty, I mean drunk. I wasn't Not... drunk. I was okay. because my my tolerance is high. It takes like certain things get me drunk. Like clear, like clear vodka or clear alcohol or liquor can take me to a place, right? But brown and beer doesn't really affect me. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, to that point, like. Dig, I dig do deeper, recall dig wanting deeper. get your shovel. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm digging a hole. Um, I recall like being reflective and realizing. I, so the turning point for me was was feeling drunk because I kind of prided myself on I've never been drunk. I drink and I don't get drunk, you know. And I think when I was in not even in college, because I wasn't really drinking in college. Had to be after, like, between graduating from undergrad and starting my master's program. You know, I was at home, I was working, and I would hang out with friends. And I'm like, I could have several Long Islands and not stagger. And I kind of prided myself on that. It's just like, I can drink and not get drunk. Um, But I remember after had to be like last year when my consumption was starting to uptick again um feeling drunk and being like I don't like this feeling of being out of control I'm a control freak and this whole idea of like I'm moving but I don't have full control over my body it it just it didn't the feeling didn't resonate with me and so that was just a moment where it's like, you need to step back and evaluate your life right now. <laughs> and I have hard rules. One I'm violating right now. And that's like, I usually don't keep alcohol in the home when I don't have guests. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, last week, I ordered some hard cider with my groceries. And I noticed like this whole week, I'll come home and I'm like, oh, I should have a hard cider because it's in my refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, you know, like that doesn't, that's not one of my core values. It's not how I operate in the world. Um, but I think when you feel yourself slipping into those habits, it's pausing and saying like, what is happening in my life right now where I feel like this is what I need to be doing. My wife would get most upset because my mom is, I've come from a family of drinkers. So mm-hmm. um, everybody except my dad. My dad's a smoker, like he does cigarettes. But my mom, my stepdad, uh, growing up in that household, they drank a lot. So of course, violence ensued, anger, mm. and so mm-hmm. my wife would get like flabbergasted when she saw me drinking. She'd be like, "You don't want to repeat 
where you came from, right? Like, I don't want you to be mm-hmm. that kind of person in our house. And I, I've never gotten abusive or or mm-hmm. angry in drinking, you know. I just go to sleep, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tired <laughs> I'll be on the couch. Bring my house shoe. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I would always say I'm stronger than my mom, you know, or I'm stronger mm-hmm. than my stepdad. Like, that won't be a problem. And I think that's this show is so therapeutic. <laughs> you know how I like talk. Uh oh. No, like yeah. I can see where my addictive personality comes from because it comes from like my mom and my stepdad and being in that environment. Mm-hmm. I get it, right? So I have to mm-hmm. be extra careful that I don't go off the deep end, confessing strength where it might be a weakness. You know? Yeah. I mean, like I think for me, it's leaning harder into my faith because I've leaned out of my faith. And not intentionally. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Here comes the judgment. (laughs) uh, No, no, there's no judgment. Like, this is self-reflection. Like, um, I realize, like, I haven't found a church family. And I've been Uh, dragging my feet on finding a church family. I don't have that accountability in in my life right now, you know? That's good. And with that accountability, like, I don't have the community that I need right now. And so I think that I'm pacifying myself. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't have my people. I don't have my community. uh, I don't have accountability because I don't have those things established. And so instead of being communal and relational, it's like, I'm going to come home from work um, because I've been talking to people all day and I'm an introvert and I'm going to have an adult beverage and I'm going to relax and I'm going to go to bed. Right. I, I want to dig into something, but I know we're at the 50 minute mark. Can I? <laughs> we didn't talk about your girl Kim. I don't care anymore. Like, this conversation <laughs> is too good. Somebody made a post, and mm-hmm. uh, we don't have to go too deep into it, but we can like give this five minutes because it kind of fits with what you're saying and what we're talking about. One of my friends made a Facebook post about like they were pushed away or they had a, I'm paraphrasing, like a disdain for the church. From the mm-hmm. church because the church judged them and not for anything. It was a Megan Good article. Megan Good, whom I love and have an extreme crush on, and my wife knows this. Um, she's just a beautiful woman. Anyway, is she your hall pass? You know who my hall pass is? Um, no, Chrisette Michelle. Really? Yeah. Even after the whole Trump thing? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Okay. Proceed. Um. <laughs> so long as it's not Taylor Swift. No, it's not Taylor Swift. If I'm gonna risk it all. Let's fuck with Michelle. But anyway, <laughs> so they were, they reposted the article and how mm-hmm. Megan was saying, Megan Good said, you know, the church shunned me away and they judged me. And, you know, some people have this disdain for the church. And a few of my friends were like, you know, I've experienced that too for just living your life and mm-hmm. church culture kind of saying, no, you're not able to do this. So I can remember as an associate pastor at my former church, you know, kind of in leadership, but just frustrated that I couldn't really mm-hmm. express myself or be who I wanted to be. And like drinking, like it's starting off as I'm going to do it just because I'm not supposed to. And mm-hmm. then it became like, okay, now I have this uncontrollable habit that I just kind of see myself doing a lot more of. And my question to you is, mm-hmm. do you think that we, do you think the church, I guess I have a double, double-sided question. Do, I, do you think the church makes things like law, like we shouldn't do, that's really not the case? And do you think that we kind of like, we suppress 
what we can do, the kind of lives we can live because church has said, you know, you can't do this. And then do you think that we lean like you did with the wine or I did with my alcohol, like lean in things more heavily just because we were told for so long, this is what we're not supposed to do. This is an excellent millennial question, right? Because I think millennials mm. deal with this. Go get your shovel. I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Proceed well, to dig. Proceed I'm to getting dig. a shovel and a pail for this one. Oh, um, going to the well? Do you no, put you know, dirt like how you go pail? to the beach and you put the dirt oh. in the sand. Oh, see, shovel, I was thinking of like dirt, you know. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I think a couple things, right? It depends on your orientation to Christianity. Um, some people are very much driven by the law. I always call those the Old Testament Christians. It's just like, listen, hear these Ten Commandments. And then there are like a bunch of other laws that they overlook, like yeah. not eating shellfish and not mixing wool with other fabrics and not eating beef and cheese together. But that's neither here nor there. But like, there are these Christians who are like, I just like, it's very technical. It's a technical approach to their faith. Like, these are the laws. I need to abide by them. Boom. And then there are New Testament Christians who are like, Jesus paid it Saved all. by grace. <laughs> I'm saved by grace. And so my orientation to the faith is like, I, I abide by both books of the Bible, where it's like, I do my best to uphold God's laws. But like, I also believe in love and then I believe in grace and so if for some reason I fall short um I'd like I have grace to 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 cover that right but then there are other things I'm really dogmatic about and I'm not proud of the things that I'm dogmatic about but there are things that like in terms of personal discipline that I'm just like nope the word says this and and I feel like Christians kind of pick and choose where they want to be dogmatic anyway so like I don't really feel guilt around that um I don't know that at least for me um relying upon things outside of my faith to bring me joy or comfort has to do with them being taboo I think it's more so like this is something that's available and this is something that I like. And because I don't have, because I don't have the love and community that I need, like this is the filler right now. And, and that's, that's why I personally do things that I I probably shouldn't. And for me, that's like being gluttonous Mm. or drunk. (laughs) Are you, are you drunk right now? I'm going to have cookies. No, it's not even noon yet. Hey, it's Um, noon somewhere. It's 12 o'clock somewhere. Um, And, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with with drinking. Like, I don't. I don't think there is at all. And I don't think God thinks there's anything wrong with drinking. God said don't be drunk. He didn't say you couldn't consume alcohol. And I think that more so speaks to um, discipline than to anything else. It's just like don't turn something else into a god. Well, then, too, you know, they drunk wine. Well, wine is mm-hmm. actually good for your heart, and it's good for your digestive system. In moderation. In moderation. <laughs> right. right, right. But, like, God wants us to be disciplined and not put other things above our relationship with God, right? That's good. And so I think if 
we're prioritizing our booze, not B-O-O-S, but B-O-O-Z-E over God, then God has a problem with that. So like, should I be, instead of reaching for a hard cider or a glass of wine, should I be like praying or, um, or studying the word of God? Potentially, could I do both? Absolutely. But why am I choosing to do one over the other? Yeah. I've actually had good study time with a um, bottle of wine next to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pour some for Jesus. Pour some for yourself. A little liquor. Um, that's good. That was that was very insightful. Thank you for sharing. Um, oh, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I think. It was I mean, good. like, where where do you stand on that? Because you brought it up, so I know you have some thoughts. Oh, on the thoughts about drinking. Well, no, just um, you asked if we engage in vices because, you know, they're taboo. You know, I think that coming from, like, my experience, the church culture, the black Mm -hmm. black church culture, uh, I think that we, you know, make things sin that God doesn't deem sin. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I don't see anything wrong with drinking. um, and if you really want to ask me some questions about like marijuana use and like to me God made all the like, herbs these things come from the ground so I don't is that's in Genesis I, though I like I, God made the herbs be a medicine. he did right it's in Genesis tr- truth be told right um, medicinally marijuana is used for medicinal purposes like it's right. it's ridded people of cancer it's um there are health benefits because it comes from the ground. Anything, wine, grapes, all of these things come from the ground. I think that, to your point, and I'm not saying go out there and get high and get drunk. I'm, I'm, it's not what I'm saying. I'm, go live your I'm life. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that <laughs> discipline and in moderation, mm-hmm. all of these things can be acceptable if you know how to. Like, And then here's the thing. You may not be able to handle that. Like I was talking to somebody who used to be um, an active homosexual. Mm. And they were saying that they can't listen to certain music because it entices something in them. Um, mm. And I was Are like, they living a straight lifestyle? Yeah, they're living a straight lifestyle now. And mm-hmm. this person recognized it wasn't just like a lesbian thing or a homosexual thing. I was battling with lust. And, you know, mm. I can't listen to certain music because it will trigger something in me that I'm not saying I'll go back to a lesbian lifestyle, but my mind mm-hmm. is going to go to a, a place I don't want it to go. And I was like, man, that sucks because <laughs> I enjoy a good secular song, right, mm-hmm. along with my Hillsong worship. But I can do that, but they can't, right? So I think that you got to know what your vices are, too. You got to know what you can handle and what you can't handle. Maybe... I can drink a beer, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe because of your background, your experiences, the way your body is made up, maybe you can't. Maybe you're a lightweight mm-hmm. and it just may make you behave certain ways that I think that Christians have done a, a we would say that a blanket statement, none of us can do this. But I don't think that's mm-hmm. necessarily the case. I think that it's all conditional. I think it's based on the individual. It's individualistic. And, and yeah, that, that's kind of my stance on it. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. Like we all have we all have specific vices or behaviors that sep- not separate us from God because nothing can separate us from the love of God. You preaching. Like, <laughs> evangelist. You're preaching a word today. 
Julian. But um, <laughs> but you know, there there's things that we prioritize over our relationship with God, and that's different for everybody. Um, and so it is figuring out like what is it and why, um, and correcting that behavior, like. I'm setting goals for next week. Like I need to spend X amount of time in the word every day um, versus like coming home and being like, oh, I'm going to zone out with a, with a hard cider. It's like, nope. Could be listening to Stephen Furtick because he's one of my favorite podcast pastors. So Podcast pastors. I like him too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. help you be accountable, as you said. I'm going to help be your community. I'm going to text you and say, hey, Julian. Are you are you still vying for the role of my best friend? Uh, I'm already your best friend, so <laughs> I hope I hope Ooh. your best friend is listening. Ooh. Because listen, clearly, clearly she's not doing her job. <laughs> Julian's Ooh. over there getting drunk. <laughs> where's your best friend, Julian? Where's, where's, your, best friend? where's your best? Where's your best friend? If your bestie was on her job. She would know the signs. You wouldn't be getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you will be talking to Jesus now, right? She'd be holding your butt accountable. For, okay, so for those listening. Um, Julian, it was National Best Friends Day, some stupid holiday that uh, Hallmark it, made it's up. A, it's clearly a social media holiday. <laughs> um, and Julian posted several pictures of her and her best friend, and I forgot what I said, but it triggered something in the best in her real best friend, <laughs> <laughs> and she got super mad. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want the record to show that I'm Julian's new best friend. It's, it's just the way it is. People change. I feel I feel a phone call coming. You know, she actively listens to the podcast. People change and they progress. And I think that we should be okay with accepting how good something was. What what does the word say, Julian? <laughs> forgetting, forgetting those things which are behind. I knew pressing. focusing on things. Right. So come on. Come on, best friend. That's my best oh. friend. That's my best friend. <laughs> All right, good oh, time. you're trying to get me in trouble. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> to, to her best friend, you're awesome. You're awesome. But you're like the second best friend. I'm the first. Okay? Any, I'm not anything you want to add on Anything else? No. Nope. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. I don't want no smoke. <laughs> I don't want no smoke. I'm just joking. I don't want the smoke. I'm just joking. I'm, just joking. I'm the one who's going to get the smoke. Julia, don't what's, beat me. What's your, um, <laughs> what's your like... Homework. What, what what do we do? It's, it's your thing. Our it's challenge. Yeah, I, this I forget is so the funny. Name. Every week you like, is it the homework? The what's quest, the takeaway? The what's journey? the takeaway? What's, <laughs> uh, what's your take? What's your um challenge for this week? Oh man. Uh so I'm just gonna ask our listeners to be on the reflective journey with me. Like I'm really trying to take a step back. We're entering a new quarter of the year. I keep seeing this meme that's like 2020 is six months away. Don't let people waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> like how many times am I gonna see this meme? But um, until 2020. But yeah, well, at least till the end of the month, because then we'll only be five months away. Mm. But um, I think that that's right, though. I think this is a season of reflection and figuring out what you want to keep doing until 2020 comes and like what things you need to stop doing so you can start doing new things that are going to push you in the direction that you want to go in. So um, I'm going to be digging into reflection in the coming week. Okay. Um, 
I'm what about you? It's a good question. I haven't really thought about this. Uh, <laughs> I don't really have much of a challenge. I'm just trying to like get my body right and be more healthy. I was doing really good. I can hold you accountable in that. Thank you, because we're best friends. That w- that's what we should do. Desmond uh, <laughs> trying to get me killed. Um, uh, <laughs> I need to make better decisions eating-wise, because I've yeah. really fallen off the wagon, like consuming a lot of sugar, and that's just not, it's not me. Um, I don't you know. want to do a sugar-free challenge? And... I'm not saying that. That's too- <laughs> You're moving a you're little. Like you're going too you're moving far. A little. Too we gotta fast. crawl before we can walk here. So I just want to <laughs> maybe two days a week. Uh, yeah, a let's week. do three days a week. Um, three days a week. There yeah, you go. Push I'm fine yourself. with that. Three out of seven isn't bad. So that's my challenge yeah. to myself. Um, challenge you guys to just be more aware of what you're putting in your body, both spiritually and physically. Yes. You know. Um, and yeah, man. All right. Listen. Um, follow us on social media. And subscribe yep. to the podcast. I love that you're listening. We love it that you are Hit tuning in. Hit that subscribe in. button. Gotta subscribe. That really helps towards our metrics. Uh, it helps us be more, um, what's the word I want to use? We'll be seen, we'll be more visible, right? Yeah. If you do that. And then every time we drop a new episode, you'll know about it. Okay? So subscribe, email us, cool kids live here. Anything else you want to say, Julian? I think that's it. Like, uh, take us home. Um, okay. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Cool Kids Podcast. I'm Dez and... And I'm Julianne. And we'll talk to you guys next week or whenever Julian has time. <laughs> Ta-ta, Vega.